everyone. Welcome back to For the Girls. We are coming at you with our Italian GP recap from Monza. What? Well, we're not in Monza. We wish we were in Monza. <laughs> what a race. There was so much action up and down the grid in front of a the legendary Ferrari home Tifosi crowd. You know we live for action up and down the grid, so that was great. Next weekend, we're going to be attending our very first ever IndyCar race in California and Monterey. So we're going to bring you all along for the action. Some really big, fun interviews coming there. So stay tuned. But with that, we're going to jump right into all things Monza. I'm Chessa. I'm Tiggy. And I'm Sarah. Wow, what a race. This weekend just really gave us everything. Of course, I was super excited about the 10th. Max win in a row, breaking Vettel's record for most consecutive wins. But it was also really just a thrilling way to have that happen with a science poll, which I was not expecting at all. And plus, science really hanging on for the first stint of the race. Yeah. Also, so excited to talk about the Charles and Carlos battle <laughs> and to hear both of your thoughts. We were just truly on at the edge of our seats. I was shocked about how diplomatic they were after the race they both were really highlighting how fun it was to have such good hard racing (laughs) Charles said after in an interview with Will Buxton that they were all driving on the limit of the regulations that this was is what F1 is all about so very interested in that whole situation Botas finally in the points also big news and just so much action incidents up and down the grid can't wait to get into it yeah on the Carlos Charles thing. I was amazed that Fred Vasseur after said he loved the battling at the end. Yeah. Like, I would have been losing my mind. I know no way that. that's true. <laughs> we need to talk more about this yeah. when we get to our Ferrari section. Yeah, it's just crazy. I, I was not pleased with Charles, but I guess to some degree you have to respect the hustle. So I'm happy at the <laughs> end. Carlos was standing up there. So that was good. But Yeah, I was quite pleased with this weekend as well. It was not my favorite race of the season, but it was super awesome to have a new pole sitter, Carlos's first podium of the season, the Ferrari looking quicker than Red Bull on the straights, especially during quali. So a very small flicker of hope in this long, dark night for (laughs) the rest of us. Plus Albon and the Williams absolutely defying all odds. Liam doing what he had to do was super exciting, but in all seriousness, I am happy for Red Bull and for Max. You have to recognize greatness and history, even if Toto disagrees with that. I know. <laughs> so. I was I was watching the race with Sarah this morning, and I get like a pit in my stomach every time Max wins, not because I don't like Max, but because I just get sad that it's kind of the same thing over and over again, but it is truly greatness, like a generational talent like Sarah likes to say. So I will give that to you all in my recap of the weekend. I think for me, I don't know whether or not to be – happy for the Tifosi that they got, you know, that they at least got signs on podium or if I feel like they got the short end of the stick when they could have had two drivers, I don't know. But all in all, we had such fun action up and down the grid, some great stories like Tiki just called out and then got to give to Checo. He made himself relevant again. So (laughs) let's go. (laughs) I think it was really important for him to be up there. Like mentally, he just needed that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, especially for such a big weekend for him just to be able to like kind of be in the light in the light there. Uh, what about our MVPs? For me, I have a trifecta of not super racing related MVPs. Actually, the last one is, but Lewis's signature on that Mercedes contract is MVP oh, number one for me. That's got to be, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um 
And also shout out to Max Mazel from Graz, whoever yes. has listened to our Austrian Grand Prix recap and followed along, uh, watched our vlog, all of that. You know who Max is, but he sent us pictures all weekend long, kept us updated on the amazing vibes. So very much appreciate that. That was awesome. And then the one racing related MVP I do have is just the absolutely iconic radios up and down the grid. Had to give it to Sarah for the max 10 win radio, but some there were some other really good contenders. I don't know if it was like the heat or what it was, but from Max's that's naughty to George's in case you haven't noticed I've got a car up my bleep <laughs> was they were just pure gold it was it was a good time through the whole weekend too like we'll talk about this but Lando's feisty radio during practice yeah. even um for me I'm gonna have to give it to Albon I think really showing the strength of the Williams in on the straights I think Monza was a great track for them uh, album was P6 in quality, so P7 in the race is not too bad, and I was just happy to see him having his moment. For me, Max, obviously, shocker, um, but honorable mention to signs. I feel like he was really driving like a number one driver today. Charles was throwing absolutely everything at him, the whole kitchen sink yeah. at the end. <laughs> the whole and kitchen sink. <laughs> Carlos was able to still, number one, beat him, and number two, come away not that Carlos did this but I think kind of coming away from the situation doesn't make Charles look great so I think overall very good weekend for Carlos super good too because he's ahead of Charles in the driver's standings only by six points but that's a big that's a big move for him for sure for LVPs I'm gonna have to give it to the unexplained mechanical failures of I guess both Yuki's and Ocon's engines this weekend but yeah sad for Yuki that he didn't even make it through the formation lap yeah mine is Lewis taking out Oscar we of course are huge Oscar fans on the pod and of course Oscar was totally level-headed about it handled it really well but was sad to see points compromised for him but shout out to Lewis for being super sportsmanlike. he found Oscar after two apologizing kind of the car lineup which is awesome like drivers should really do that more just owning up like oh it wasn't intentional it was a mistake yeah I agree it was really unfortunate for Piastri and I was I was sad Lewis did that but I do like re-watching it I truly believe it was just a bad and costly mistake from Lewis it wasn't purposeful but I do love how he fully accepted fault and apologized after. Um, I also had Yuki's engine as my LVP, but Chessa, since you took that one, I will give it to Stroll. Just a very forgettable weekend yeah. for him. <laughs> oh boy, yeah. <laughs> All around. It was pretty brutal. How did our hot takes hold up? Mine was bad. It was a McLaren podium. <laughs> oh, sad. I had Liam and Logan in the points, so I was zero for two on that. But they were not that far off. There was a good chance for both of them at points to be to be in those in the top ten, especially. Yeah, Logan I think that's an there. honorable mention for sure. Yeah, so I was not too displeased with that. I had a Ferrari on podium, so take that, ladies. Okay, mm-hmm. winner, winner. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, let's jump into practice highlights. So to start with, the energy at Monza did look and has always looked pretty unreal. It's just such a treat for F1 fans to have these two back-to-back races, both with very energetic, passionate fans. Obviously, it helps when like you have the Dutch drivers at Zandvoort with Max, and then you have um, 
just the incredible pedigree that is Ferrari and then the, the home race for them. The Tifosi were fully out in full force and Ferrari and Alfa Romeo had their special liveries for both of the home races. The Alfa Romeo yeah, livery was iconic. It was so good. I loved it so beat, much. It definitely beat the Ferrari Ronald McDonald. The McDonald's outfits. Yeah, yeah the, I agree. The Alfa Romeo looked amazing and I don't think yellow is Ferrari's color. <laughs> so funny like the suits I thought the car was great but like the suits oh my gosh <laughs> yeah it was uh I think it was Albon who said also in one of his post-race interviews with Will Buxton Charles kind of hopped up into the interview and Albon mentioned how they were staying at the same hotel as the Ferrari drivers and he was joking about how you can tell when they're coming and leaving because you can hear the roar from the crowd even inside oh, wow. the hotel That's wow great. That's pretty crazy. So for FP1, the Alfa Romeos were having lots of technical problems, speaking of them. So very happy they were able to turn that around as the weekend progressed. And really the main talking point here was uh, Felipe Drugovich, the reserve driver for Aston Martin. He is a top talent to watch out for on the driver market. He filled in for Stroll in FP1. So good to get him in the car for a bit. For FP2, the big story here was Checo making himself relevant right at the beginning of the weekend. (laughs) In the Um, wrong way, perhaps. (laughs) Yeah, he was out. Uh, Signs was also fastest, so that was a nice little practice foreshadowing moment. And then Stroll had a fuel system problem that stopped his session. Basically the start of his woes for for this forgettable weekend. For FP3, another good moment from Signs. He was fastest again. And then Lando was continuing his trend of being pretty spicy on the radio after he had to avoid joe he said quote why are people so stupid why can't they look in their mirrors i hate that i hate it so sassy where sass is not needed but whatever (laughs) it doesn't have to be personal you know it can just you can express frustration without the first part of that sentence (laughs) yeah definitely For Quali, this weekend was an alternative tire allocation weekend, so that means the whole grid was required to use hards in Q1, mediums in Q2, and then softs in Q3. This Quali was just a thriller, as you probably saw from our Instagram story. We're freaking out, and overall, this is really just the latest example of how extremely close Quali has gotten up and down the entire grid. For Q1, there were some track limits issues. The main shocker here was both Alpines getting eliminated. Ocon had a big gravel trip. Gasly had a lap time deleted. So that was a tough turnaround from a big Gasly podium to being out in Q1, a classic F1 experience. But Stroll also had a bit of a disastrous session. He ended up in P20 after not getting any running in on Friday. So for cuts, we had Stroll, K-Mag, Ocon, Gasly, and Joe. For Q2, the Williams was a highlight here. Super quick. Albon made it to Q3, but Logan sadly had a bit of an error and ended in P15. The Alpha Tauris actually had a pretty impressive showing. P11 for Yuki, P12 for Lawson. So even though they didn't make it into Q3, it was it was still pretty good. The remainder of those cuts were Hulkenberg, Botas, and Logan Sargent. And then Q3 was when things really started to get interesting. So Max, in a rare, rare event, had an early mistake, had a bit of a gravel run. So the Ferraris were at the top, uh, were on top at the start. And then for the final flying laps, it was just insane. Charles, Carlos, Max, all improving on their times. Then Charles came through with provisional pull. The Tifosi obviously were losing it, but then 
Only a few seconds later, Max beat him, so sadness there. But then, in the real shocker, Carlos got it immediately after, and the noise of the crowd just even through the TV was insanity. We were so excited for this. It was not something that we were expecting this weekend. So, Can I just add that when this happened, I screamed so loud that my sunglasses flew off my head and <laughs> hit me in the lip, and my lip was bleeding. Oh, God. <laughs> I was so excited. <laughs> Blood, sweat, and tears. We were also in my parents' house, and we have other people visiting for Labor Day weekend, and sadly, not everyone has seen the light of being as into F1 as we are, but people were just so (laughs) confused. Chessa, it was like actually a blood-curdling scream. (laughs) (laughs) The best part was the radio with his engineer. Ricky, tell me we got it. Tell me we got it. It was so sweet. (laughs) But they were the top three, so Carlos, Max, Charles, all under a tenth apart, So for the full results, we had those three at the top, then Russell P4, Checo P5, Albon P6 for his second great quality in a row, then Piastri, Hamilton, Norris, and Alonso. You know what we love about our Tacova's cowboy boots? You can wear them all year round and for literally any occasion. Of course, you can wear them at the rodeo or at the ranch, but since we're in New York City, we've been getting creative. I even wore mine with a polka dot dress and tights to Sarah's birthday party at a fun, trendy bar in New York City. Tacova's is Western to their core, and they believe in Western for all, handmaking their boots from the most premium leathers. And if you can't make it to a store, visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. And as a special bonus for you, Tacovas is throwing in a free trucker hat or ball cap worth $30 for all online orders over $100. Just use code F1 at checkout. Again, for a limited time, just enter code F1 at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tacovas. only at Tacovas.com. Okay, let's jump into the race. Like we said, there's a lot to talk about. Um, overall, I would say the start by signs was very, very quick. I always hold my breath on the start, and it's always hard to tell, like, who was faster by a tenth of a second. But from the naked eye, Sainz had an incredible start, and he did, in fact, manage to hold Max off for 14 laps, which was really nice, beginning stint of the race. Lots of back-and-forth team action. So let's jump into team-by-team, team, starting with no other than Red Bull. So wowie, wowie. I mean, the words – there's a many words, but <laughs> – 10 wins in a row. You sound Max. as excited as Max was when he won 10 wins in a row. Wow. <laughs> okay, so pretty damn excited, I would say. No, like not. 10 like- wins in a row for Max. <laughs> uh, that his, him breaking Vettel's record of nine wins in a row, which he broke or he tied last weekend. And now Red Bull's also the first team to have won 15 races in a row as a constructor. Checo, I mean, on the other hand, so Max was great. There's not much to say here. We can talk about his radio, which we did radio of the week. We'll talk about it later. But I think for me, the most excitement thing was Checo. He had a strong drive. He got both through Ferraris to have a Red Bull 1-2, which is definitely important for him. And he now has the highest points gap over Alonso, who's in P3, that he's had all season. So that's got to make him feel good. Um, Red Bull's never finished 1-2 in the championship. So if they can maintain this, that would be really exciting. Yeah, I was really happy that Checo had a good day. He kind of needed that one too because it would just be kind of bleak to have this huge Max Selly day and have him not be right up there and kind of adding that talking point that already exists of that gap between them. So I was happy with that. For Ferrari, where to even begin here? Carlos drove amazing at the start of the race. Red Bull was saying after he was really putting Max through his paces with his defense – But 
Kind of a main highlight is in the last stint of the race. Interestingly, there were no team orders to hold position. Charles started going after Carlos to try to get on the podium. Charles had some huge lockups, just lap after lap after lap. It looked like they were going to make contact. Some switchbacks, some really close calls, but Carlos equally threw everything at the defense and was able to hang on. With a few laps left, Carlos did say, come on, guys, let's bring it home. Don't let Charles take us both out in our home race with two laps left. And interestingly, they were both very diplomatic after. Carlos was gracious in his podium interview, said he had a lot of fun with the hard racing. Then Charles later said in an interview that they were all fighting hard on the limit, but that's what F1 is all about. Ladies, what are your thoughts? (laughs) I'm annoyed. Like I, I well, first of all, I'm surprised like that Ferrari was so diplomatic. Their tweet was a video of this epic wheel to wheel moments where they probably almost took each other out and they're like, This is how racing should be, tough but fair. They're a PR machine. They I wouldn't know, have said anything else. And it looked good. It was great, but I mean I was holding my breath to see if they would if they could take themselves out. To me, it kind of feels like Carlo did all of the work and then Charles is just like trying to jump in at the end and take it. I know other Tifosi in my family felt similarly, but Tiggy, what do you think? I was just laughing at all the memes that I have been seeing of like <sighs> Charles when, you know, trying to keep up with Max or like trying to defend against Max. And it's this like cute little dog just kind of sitting there helplessly. And then it's like Charles when he's racing Carlos and it's this like fierce <laughs> werewolf, which is oh. hilarious. Yeah, I agree. I was not pleased with that. I like I said before, I kind of respect the hustle and like, you know, they're fighting for every last point. They're only six points apart in the championship. Charles is the Ferrari golden boy. Like, but I really think Ferrari just should have given team orders there. You know, like I respect Charles for, you know, no driver is going to just sit back if the team's not telling them not to. So I feel like Ferrari should have stepped in, but all's well that ends well, I guess. Yeah, that's a great point. I'm kind of surprised after I get kind of letting them go for it and I also totally get Charles if he thinks he has the opportunity trying to make a few passes but letting go on lap after lap when there was almost contact imagine what people would be saying if the Ferrari Ferrari had gotten pole and then had two DNFs in their home race that is what bad that was what was on the line yeah totally and I also I totally agree I think it's amazing PR and I'm both drivers are so well trained that they were able to just immediately kind of get in the lane of saying that Charles did make one kind of sassy comment of oh Carlos like had some I forgot if it was weaving or moving in the braking zone but he was saying some criticizing some aspect of Carlos's defense which is is just I, I don't know I think I'm shocked Ferrari didn't say like cut it out we're not losing both cars in our home race and losing a podium. There I was, was yeah. no need. Yeah. I, it was it was unnecessarily risky, but did oh boy, did the fans love it. It was definitely what they needed in that My sense. favorite part of this whole thing was K Mag having a front row seat to this lap oh after my lap. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like basically behind them for so many of these laps while they're just duking it out. I <laughs> thought it was hilarious just getting lapped and having this front row seat to the action, but good for him. Okay, Tiggy, let's talk about Mercedes. I think before we jump into the contract thing, just a quick little recap for them. Um, not a great weekend for them. They have officially taken P3 in the constructors moving ahead of Aston Martin, but um, for both of them ending P5 and P6, with both of them getting five-second penalties for causing collisions. Lewis with his incident with Oscar, 
George with his incident with Akon, they definitely feel like, or I feel like they definitely wish they could have done better. But I think they're probably riding a high from drumroll Lewis and then I guess Russell <laughs> re-signing their contracts extensions. So as a resident fan, Tiggy, what do you think? It's, I know we talked about this when Lewis got his poll, but it was like one of those where were you when moments for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was coming back home from a run and I screamed like in the middle of the street and I sprinted home. I was never super worried that it wasn't going to get signed. I was wondering what was taking so long, but I think I said the last episode or the one before, like talk to me in a month and then I'll be concerned if it's not signed. But I personally think, and I'm focused on Lewis, I think it makes total sense for George to resign. He's proven everything he's needed to prove and he's a good teammate for Lewis. I think Lewis has a lot left and I couldn't see him going to any other team. I think like Max is to Red Bull, Lewis is to Mercedes. That team has just been built around him over the past decade. He's hungry for that eighth, even if it feels quite far away right now. So I don't know. I think a contract for someone of that caliber, you know, or stature of Lewis probably has an ungodly amount of considerations. So I also think making people sweat is in line with the Lewis mystery and intrigue, which I'm here for. So I think all's well that ends well. Again, just glad it's done. And I think it makes total sense that they have both drivers until 2026. I agree that he's got a lot left. And I think Alonzo has been a trailblazer in that sense of showing this year you can be, how old is he now? 42. You can be the Mm -hmm. oldest on the grid and still getting podiums and just flying past people 20 years younger than you. So I think in a sense, Alonzo has kind of really shown all of us that Lewis could have it in him for who knows how long, but at least five more years. We were talking about this a bit today with tennis. Like sometimes with tennis, you see that experience can matter more than youth, especially when it comes to sports that require a lot of stamina, a lot of strategy. Sometimes it just comes down to like having a lot of experience and that obviously requires a good car to be up there. But I do think that age isn't the only thing here as David Coulthard will show at the Nürburgring in the Red Bull for Danny. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> 52 and counting. For Alpine, not a good day for the team with Gasly and P15. Ocon DNFing out of as a precaution with some car issues. They just really could not get the car to perform as they wanted at Monza. And that's definitely got to be tough after such a great week weekend last week at Zandvoort. So that was a bit of a difficult one. It was also crazy that they didn't – I was watching the F1 TV broadcast. They didn't even show Ocon's I know. I, like, didn't really realize what happened. (laughs) Yeah. Poor guy. Yeah, we haven't talked about that yet. The F1 TV broadcast was definitely struggling at points today. There were a couple of points where they were talking about a big Max move. It might have been the Max Carlos pass, and the timing was off. Oh, gosh. It's brutal. (laughs) For McLaren, the team did bring several upgrades this weekend, but unfortunately, they just didn't quite translate as well to Monza. The downforce configuration they brought was definitely a bit of a weakness when it came to straight line speed, and the drivers had to fight pretty hard. Uh, Ending in eighth for Lando and 12th for Oscar was definitely not what they had hoped for. That you know, contact that they had sort of in the middle of the race as Oscar rejoined the track after his pit stop was a little bit uh, dramatic. 
no major damage, but team principal Stella said it was, quote, unacceptable and that should there should never be contact between the two cars since it goes against the ethos of how they do racing at McLaren and put the team at risk. So I wonder what Stella would have done as the Ferrari team principal. Yeah, very, very many different laps. tune. <laughs> yeah, it was a bummer for Piastri. Yeah, it makes me think that I think what Stella said is what 99% of the team principals would say. Yeah. And I would take a gander as what Vesser actually thinks. So <laughs> it's interesting that they all kind of said so coordinatedly at Ferrari, like, oh, we, we don't care. We love this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they definitely had to figure that out while it was happening because I think I agree with you guys. But on the bright side, Oscar did get his first fastest lap ever. Yay. So, so great. A little extra point for him. They needed that. Jumping into Alfa Romeo, like Tiggy said, I think the highlight of their weekend was the dopest livery. It was so cool. It was the tricolor Italian theme for their home race and a lot of fun pride and activity surrounding this race for them. So it's always good to see that. Bottas was one of the three drivers who I just said Bottas like Valtteri Bottas. Like (laughs) Like he's Italian and not Finnish. (laughs) (laughs) He was one of the only three drivers that started on the hards during the race. um, And it came down to a late battle for 10th between him and Sargent. Of course, Bottas won out after Sargent got nailed with that penalty with his or for causing that collision. So Bottas got some points and then Joe ended in P14. For Aston Martin, we had P9 for Alonso, P16 for Stroll, so not a lot to write home about for them this weekend. Like we said, Stroll especially had a weekend to forget, and now Ferrari has jumped them in constructors. So I'm curious what you guys think. How fierce is the battle going to be for P2, P3, and constructors between Aston Martin, Mercedes, Ferrari, and if we had to say now, what do we think the order will be at the end of the season for those three? I can't tell you what the order is going to be, but this is all I'm. It's a hot take. It's a hot take. This is. I'm telling you, this is all (laughs) I can live for now. It's going to be so great. Um. Okay. Hot take. Ferrari. Then Mercedes. Then Aston Martin. Okay. Boom. Sarah. That's my instinct because Ferrari looked so fast this weekend. But given kind of the institutional capacities of Mercedes and Ferrari, I think I'm going to vote. Mercedes, then Ferrari, then Aston Martin. I think Aston Martin has just really fallen behind in the development game. I don't really see that changing. And I think this was a weekend where Ferrari ended up looking much stronger than Mercedes. But I think on balance, we'll probably see the reverse for the rest of the season. Yeah, I would, if I had to say, I would say the same order, but just to be a little bit contrarian and different. So we have all three or three different permutations represented. I'm going to say Mercedes, then Aston Martin, then Ferrari. Okay, wow. For Alpha Tauri, it was officially announced earlier this week that Liam Lawson will be fill- filling in for Danny until he's fully fit to race. The word is that Danny could be back as soon as next race, which is Singapore in two weeks. So There's an extra week for him to recover, but we'll have to wait. That definitely seems a bit quick. Could more likely be sometime in October. I think for Austin, they will really, really want Danny back in the car since he's such a force in America, but we'll see how the Lance Stroll recovery plan is going. It's only the second time this season that both Alvatari drivers started in the top 12, but sadly, this was over before it even began. Poor Yuki, as we mentioned, he had an engine failure on the formation lap, which was wild. An aborted start. Like, how many times have we seen something like that? I know. I was like, what's the protocol here? (laughs) 
Liam, on the other hand, drove a clean race. He managed to finish P11, just one shy from points, which is super impressive. It's a bit of a bummer that he didn't have Yuki as a benchmark for this race, but wondering if AlphaTauri is going to have kind of a tough discussion and decision on their hands if Lawson's keeping up the pace here and Danny also returns in fighting form. So do you all think Liam really has a shot at the permanent seat? I mean, yeah, I th- I think so. I mean, he looked really strong. He's had two really kind of crazy weekends uh, last weekend with the rain and the strategy and then this weekend not even having a teammate. I think he's holding his own, and obviously we have to wait for Danny to come back and see how he can do. But if Liam can nail in some two, one or two solid races after this, I could see it. I could see them thinking about it. I totally agree. I think they'll give it to – being a Red Bull as an organization, I think they'll give it to the person who's demonstrating they deserve it the most. And I've said I'm not the most bullish on Danny as, you know, a contender for a permanent seat. Um, so I do think if Liam scores some points in the next couple of races and continues to put in good performances and shows an upward trajectory, there's definitely a shot for him there. Okay, moving on to other our last few teams. So Haas, not much to say here. They finished 17 and 18, which is literally dead last with the two DNFs of Yuki and Akon. For Williams, I'm excited about this one. This was another mega drive from Albon. He was able to keep Lando behind him, even though Lando was basically just breathing down his neck the entire last stint. Sadly, Logan did miss out on his first points. He said he felt like there was more on the table today. He had a nice little post-race interview, but... We are seeing some good improvement from him. Excited to watch his progress this fall, especially for his U.S. races. Overall, I mean, the car looked the car looked great, especially with this straight line speed. They're known for that. Monza was an excellent track for that. But I think Albon noticed that they were definitely struggling in certain sections, different corners, more tire dag than usual. So, you know, they had to really factor that into their pit and tire strategy. Yeah, and then lastly, I think for Logan, glimpses of excitement. He was on the cusp of points in the end. With his five-second time penalty, with his little Botas collision, he ended in P13. But I think it's cool to see these drivers on the cusp. I think Albin definitely solidly in the points, and Logan looking towards looking towards some more points, finally. For just a quick bit of news, the rumor mill is at it again, this time with people speculating that Lando, of all people, could be looking at a Red Bull seat. This comes from Nico Rosberg comments at Monza this weekend, hinting at a surprise 2024 move for Lando. This seems unlikely anytime soon uh, since Christian came out just this week saying Checo is a Red Bull driver through and through, but Lando said he's definitely open to it at some point in the future, so who really knows? I feel like anything that's said in the media or in PR, you know, whatever, it's you won't know until there's a paper signed, sealed, and delivered. So he knows <laughs> that the best of anyone. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm feeling strong after this week. <laughs> Wrapping up for Radio of the Week, we had to do That's a Nice Stat, which was Max after <laughs> he finished. As we were saying, not necessarily in the most animated of tones. We should look back and compare Vettel's radio after he got <laughs> broke the record with nine and see see the comparison. But this enjoy this enjoy this moment. Yes! We did! This is unbelievable. For drivers, Max now has 364 points. Checo is 219, 
Alonso has 170, Lewis has 164, and Carlos has 117, as we're saying, just six ahead of Charles with 111, followed by George with 109 and Lando with 79. Then for constructors, Renville has a whopping 583 points, more than double Mercedes, who's in second with 273. Ferrari has 228, and Aston Martin has 217. So yeah, really just one race in the case of Ferrari and Aston Martin separating them, maybe a race or two between Mercedes and Ferrari. So we will be closely watching that. McLaren has 115, and Alpine has 73. And then for the last few teams, we have Williams followed by Haas, Alfa Romeo, and Alfa Tauri. Thanks so much for joining us. As we said, we will be in Monterey, California next weekend for our first ever IndyCar race. We are super excited. If you have any tips or tricks, definitely DM us. And we can't wait to take you all along and discuss with you all after. <laughs>